if we buy into the idea that we are created in the image and likeness of God, then we are created in the image and likeness of the most creative being there is. So the idea that I can't, or I won't, or I shouldn't, or I couldn't, or I'm not tall enough, or pretty enough, or strong enough, you got to put all that stuff away and trust that he's going to give you some cool stuff. You are listening to the Christian Music Archive podcast, part of the New Release Today podcast network. I'm your host, Dave Maurer. Each week, I share stories about Christ, community, and music, chatting with musical guests who you will find listed on the pages of the Christian Music Archive. There are thousands of creative men and women who have helped shape the soundtrack of the Christian faith, and we get to hear their stories, learn about how Christ has made a difference in their life, and hopefully along the way, we'll learn how we can be a better part of our community. I first learned of Bob Halligan Jr. from reading credits. Early on, I noticed his name as a songwriter and contributor to many of Rick Kua's great albums. And if you're a rocker, you have no doubtedly heard Bob's work, as he was the go-to hard rock songwriter of the 80s, penning songs for Judas Priest, Kicks, and Michael Bolton. But he also wrote songs for Cher, Kathy Matea, Joan Jett, and more. Then I discovered Bob's band Kaylee Rain. They are an Irish rock band with a penchant for releasing some catchy songs. So I hope you'll stick around to hear my conversation with Bob Halligan Jr. because we're going to talk about a lot of these things in our interview. Each week you hear me talk about the work of Mercy Inc. and their partners around the world. And each week I also ask you to consider helping Mercy Inc. by logging onto our website, christianmusicarchive.com mercy. But did you know that there is another way that you can help? When you become a patron of Christian Music Archive, you not only help support our work, but you also are supporting the work of Mercy, Inc. How is that possible, you ask? Well, the Christian Music Archive is a business for mission, which means any profits we make from this endeavor are given directly to Mercy. And the best way to help expand our work is by going to patreon.com slash ccmexchange. Your monthly patronage helps us pay the bills, but also the first 20% of every donation is paid directly to Mercy, Inc. So won't you consider become a patron today? Go to patreon.com slash ccmexchange and sign up. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash ccmexchange. And thanks for your ongoing support. Bob Halligan Jr. is a gifted songwriter and the frontman of the Celtic rock band Kaylee Rain. He has hundreds of songwriting credits from some pretty big hits throughout the years. But as with most artists, Bob is much more than just a songwriter and performer. He is also a passionate believer in Jesus and a very thoughtful individual who is seeking how to serve God using the gifts God has given him. So let's not wait any longer. From the band Kaylee Rain, please welcome Bob Halligan Jr. Thank you. Thank you, Dave. On behalf of all the members of Kaylee Rain, obviously it's just me on this thing, but there originally were seven of us and then down to six uh, when we realized we could survive without a fiddler. And um, <laughs> after having one or two who were 
not exactly um, working out. Let's ah. leave it there. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so all the other guys, Raymond Arias and Bill Blystein and Joe Davoli and Bert Mitchell and Kevin D'Souza are, are with me in spirit. Very good. Here on this interview. So very good. Well, yeah. I, I first became familiar with you, Bob, as a, a songwriter on Rick Kua's stuff. And then, yeah. And then I discovered the band Kaylee rain. Um, but I know that that's just kind of the tip of the iceberg for you because you actually started out as a songwriter, right? Yes. Well, you know, I, I was always, uh, a singer and I started songwriting in, uh, when I was 15 back in 1950. Uh -huh. <laughs> and uh, the songwriting thing took off sooner than the recording artist thing. And I really think ultimately that's because uh, songwriting is, is my strongest mm. talent. I have, as Michael Bolton told me, a quality voice. And that was his sweet way of saying you don't sound like me, brother. <laughs> and um, so, you know, there's a, a certain kind of thing that people have to their voices that tends to make pop records. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think I'm a better singer than a lot of those people, but the timbre of my voice is not, um, you know, the lead singer typical sort of thing. But, you know, it's, uh, I, I, God has given me the grace to be fine with all that you know, at the ripe old age of 68. So, well, I was reading through some of your credits and, and was just kind of peeking around uh, and you kind of got started, or I should say got known as a heavy metal writer, but you've written music yeah. for Judas Priest, Michael Bolton, as you, yeah. as you mentioned, uh, Cher, Joan Jett, Kathy Matea. I'd be interested in, in uh, how you got started as a songwriter, because uh, that's yeah. an interesting list of credits. And how did you get discovered by those folks to actually yes. Write, yes. write for them? Yes, my journey from uh, Judas Priest to Jesus Christ and back again. There you go. <laughs> um, well, um, my original band, which was called Steak Night and then became Pictures, was signed as a group to a publishing deal with United Artists Music out of New York City. They were based in LA, but the New York office signed us with the idea of getting us a record deal, which never happened. But in the process of being there, uh, May Pang, who was John Lennon's girlfriend on the, the long lost weekend, so-called, okay. which, which was 18 months, by the way. <laughs> um, she was the song plugger at United Artists Music and I called her on the phone one day and I said, May, you know, what are you looking for, uh, for songs for other artists? And she said, well, Ian Lloyd from Stories, you know, the guy, Louie, 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 Louie. Yeah. That guy. Okay. Um, is looking for a song and he wants something that's kind of like Foreigner. Um, and she knew our catalog, but I knew she wasn't super impressed with it. But hmm. she said, like your song Full Moon, but heavier than that. So I hung up the phone and two and a half hours later, I was in her office playing her a song called Take These Chains, which ended up on Judas Priest's biggest selling album. Mm, wow. So I got inspired. I got excited to show my songwriting chops, which I knew to be broad, mm -hmm. uh, which is to say 
uh, I, I will never call myself a genius, but I, I will say that I was given a gift to understand and enjoy and appreciate uh, many styles. And um, I'm better at some than others, but the hard rock thing I discovered I could do. And um, so it was just a kind of a perfect moment. I played her the song and she said, I like that. Mm. Now that I like. Very and cool. She, she got the, the cut with Judas Priest. And then my wife, after it was, you know, a platinum record, my wife said, well, you should write them another one. They'll at least listen to it. Oh, uh-huh. And so I wrote a tender love ballad called Some Heads Are Gonna Roll. And sure enough, I was recording with the aforementioned Rick Kua mm -hmm. in England at the time. It was in the summer of 1983. And Priest's management office was in London where we were. So I hand delivered a cassette of some heads are going to roll to the priest office. And a few days went by and I got a call at the studio where Rick and I were recording. And it was Tom Allen, the producer of Judas Priest. They said, Bob, we like this one too. <laughs> uh, may, may we record it? I said, yeah, knock yourself out. So um, then I kind of became the heavy metal song doctor never having listened to heavy metal oh, interesting. Uh, or hard rock as a kid. To, to me, um, I remember when Led Zeppelin came out, I thought it was from the devil. Mm. And I, I may not have been wrong, but regardless, <laughs> uh, it, it scared me and it wasn't something that I, I was more of a Beatles, Stones, Stevie Wonder. Right. Then I discovered jazz. I loved Chick Corea and and the Pat Metheny group and things like that, right? So yeah. uh, the idea of heavy metal was foreign to me. And I think that's why I was good at it because I didn't care. Uh -huh. I didn't feel any pressure. So it was like, it was like drawing cartoons to me hmm. and, and I could dash them off. So once I got established as the heavy metal song doctor, the labels flew me all over. They, wow. you know, Atlantic Records in particular uh, got attached to me and had me writing for all their artists all around the country. And uh, I couldn't write them fast enough. Wow. And in 1985, I had 27 songs on different people's records, several of which were major albums. Yeah. And uh, without ever really, you know, taking it too seriously. So I, I always just wanted to do my own thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, but it's, it's all, all of it has been blessed and been, uh, joyous and full of love. And, and, uh, you know, I've been graced with, uh, gr fantastic opportunities, many of which, uh, turned into something wonderful. Well, at some point I read that you actually had two, uh, songwriting contracts, one with a mainstream <laughs> yeah. deal and one with Benson. So how did you... I mean, I, I'm sure the, the Christian music stuff was kind of an outpouring of your soul as well, right? Sure. Yeah. Uh, Rick Kua was the guy who introduced me to the fact that there was such a thing as Christian music. Mm. Uh, when he put my song Fly Me to Heaven on Cut One Side One on his very first record, he changed some of the lyrics via permission from me to make it more specifically christian mm -hmm. whereas i had written it as a love song ah. 
Um, but you know, God works in strange ways as we know. And, uh, so then he asked me to do some shows with him. We, we had known each other and done writing together, uh, for a period of about eight years at that point. Cause you guys were both New York guys at that time, right? Yeah. Syracuse, New York. We had met in 1974. Okay. And he was our, my group steak night. He was our manager in 1975 for about a year or so. Okay. Okay. Um, he had a, a group that would get a lot of requests for bookings. And he thought, geez, you know, rather than lose these second bookings, find another group to give them to. Uh, so that that's when we graduated college, uh, we, we hooked up with Rick and got sort of his leavings, if you will. Yeah. Okay. So, so Rick in those early days was always a big brother to me and still is. Mm. He's uh, a man who has literally saved my life twice. Mm. And, and I don't mean in the physical sense of pulling me out of a, a, a broiling brook, but, <laughs> but, but uh, spiritually, uh, et cetera. He has, he has rescued me twice. So God bless him. Well, obviously, like we said, you were writing songs out of a Christian faith. Uh, that you typically write out of what you know. And yeah. so you have developed a relationship with Jesus, and I'm always fascinated with folks' journey to faith. Yeah. Would you want to tell us a little bit about how you became uh, a follower yeah. of Christ? Well, I, I'm I'm a Catholic, which scares a lot of people. You know, like when I moved to Nashville, in Nashville, they don't, they don't ask you, what do you do? Mm. Right? They ask you, what church do you go to? Oh, interesting. And when I said St. Philip— you know, they take a half a step back because they're and they're hoping that it's, you know, that it's Anglican or that it's, um, you know, Presbyterian mm -hmm. or something like that. Right. And I said, well, no, it's Roman Catholic. Then they take the full step back. <laughs> um, but I'm Catholic cradle to the grave um, in the sense of Catholic spirituality, not not. At the moment, I'm especially not a fan of the Catholic institutional church, mm -hmm. though I am a tremendous fan of and have met uh, Pope Francis. I wanted to talk about that because you had an opportunity yeah. to perform for Pope Francis. Yeah, it wasn't really for him. It was before him. Okay, yeah. So I, I was part of the warm-up thingy. You know, you get 60,000 people baking alive uh -huh. in in this gigantic square and you have to entertain them so they would don't expire. Oh. <laughs> and so I was part of that. So I did one Kaylee rain song sort of karaoke style. Mm -hmm. We had a, a track of our song called stop, which I wrote with Rick Kua and I sort of jumped all around the stage like Mick Jagger. And because it was just me yeah. and, um, and it went over great, you know, <laughs> but by the time, by the time the Pope, was there and did his thing. He had not seen me do anything. Mm. He was in the Pope mobile en route, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But after he spoke to the crowd, which swelled to a hundred thousand by the time he was speaking, uh, praise God, I was put in the receiving line. I was able to go and say hello. Yeah. And I spoke to him in half Italian and half English. Ah. And with the long hair, and and stuff 
I felt he could understand that I was the American musical <laughs> artist brought over. Yeah. And um, he said, you know, I'm coming to America. He's, and he said, remember me, which by which he meant pray for me. Okay. You know, yeah. but I, I heard remember me and I was nervous as can be. My heart was pounding oh, right sure. out of my chest, you yeah. know, and he says, remember me. I said, oh, I, I'll remember you, <laughs> you know, and then I went up, went back to my spot on the stage and I wept uncontrollably for about four mm. minutes. Wow. The people who had brought me over this, this guy, Marco came over and hugged me. He, I think he was afraid I was going to vibrate right off the stage. I was, <laughs> I was so overcome with this powerful moment uh, of meeting the person who I felt was the greatest human on this planet in my lifetime. Yeah, He's been the Pope for everybody. Yeah. Uh, you know, the Jews, the Muslims, the atheists, the Catholics, whomever. You know, yeah. and uh, uh, I just I just find him to be a super fantastic human being. And the idea that I got the four handed handshake yeah. going with him was just so mind blowing. I mean, I've got photos here I could show you, but uh, praise God, you know, that that moment. So that was really the greatest moment. My my wife authorizes me to say that that that, that, that was the greatest moment of my life. I had another person that I interviewed, uh, Sarah Hart. I don't know if you're familiar with Sarah, but oh, she know her very well. In fact, she played with Kaylee Rain of several oh, gigs. Yeah, and and I'm very aware of her meeting with Saint with Saint Francis. Yeah. I was going to say Pope Francis. Yeah, she she said that she was so nervous because she was singing that she couldn't put her eyes on the Pope, so she focused on a gargoyle up at the top of the of the ah, Vatican and so she sang her song to the to the gargoyle yeah. yeah that's great and I think she ran over to him and hugged him mm. and he's I, I I suspect he's not used to that <laughs> it was kind of like hugging the Queen Elizabeth or right, something right and so I think he was kind of like holy crap what's going on here you know but some of us Catholic types you know we we meet Pope Francis and you know we're we, we kind of go loco, you know. Well, you met Pope Francis, but let's talk about your meeting Jesus. How did, how did that come about? Yeah, well, that's that. You know, that was a stepwise process, Dave. Because as a lifelong Catholic, um, you know, baptized as a baby, the right. way we do it in our church, and then first communion. When I had thirteen years of Catholic school, religion is taught in was taught in all 13 years of right. that um i was an altar boy i was a choir boy i was the lector at first friday mass in school um and i was the boy the nuns most readily designated as likely to be a priest huh. you know i was that kid yeah who was you know the sort of obvious fellow uh, will I say that I embraced it in, in a in a in a in a full spiritual uh, adult way? Mm -hmm. Not at all, mm -hmm. not at all. But it, it was a big part of my growing up. Then I get married at 22, and my wife was more more of a serious Catholic than I. Okay, and was going to Wednesday night prayer meetings where they were speaking in tongues, and mm -hmm. and I just you know. 
I thought it was tripped out. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And, and I was a little jealous of, you know, like she was so psyched about Jesus. Like he, he was the other man, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, um, so I just inquired with her what it was all about, you know? And she brought me along in a, in, in that personal sort of relationship mm -hmm. such that when Rikua put fly me to heaven on his first record and got me to play in his band for some gigs and, yeah. and turned to me and asked me, are you a Christian? I, I knew he meant, are you a born again um, Protestant essentially? Mm -hmm. And I said, well, I am, but I'm a Catholic and, and you know, the father and the son and the Holy spirit are, are the center of my life. And right. my wife and I, she'll tell you the same thing. Um, look a lot prettier doing it, but, um, <laughs> are she, we grateful for our beautiful wives? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. And, and the God has always been at the center of everything we do, mm -hmm. whether we do it right or wrong. We, we, we seek, to please the Lord in all mm -hmm. things and, and, and to bring others. And, and Kaylee Rain's uh, mission statement, if you will, is to make our music in such a way as to bring ourselves and others closer to God. Mm -hmm. um, I don't say that if we're playing uh, at, a, at a festival in a town where it's not a religious function. Right. Um, but you know, if people want to imbibe a different kind of spirit, that's their business. Mm -hmm. We we make our music for everyone, right? And um, so and and by the way, the the Christian music scene right now, I don't know much about because it became so uh, praise and worship, yeah. And that's not a a style of of writing that I'm very good at, um never could really get arrested doing that. I, I tried it a bit and I, I was, I was lousy at it. Um, I, I write from th the same angle as the people I learned to write from John and Paul and the stones and Bruce Springsteen and, and on and on, you know, right. Neil Young, Joni Mitchell, the, the great singer songwriters and the great uh, Tin Pan Alley writers, mm. you know. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, the idea of it, a song having to be a congregant, uh, everybody must sing at the same time sort of thing is foreign to me. And, and I'm just no darn good at it. Well, but we're all given gifts, and and yeah. we're supposed to yeah. use our gifts in different ways. And you know, you said something, and I and I want to make sure to bring this out because I really believe that as people who follow Jesus, Jesus Christ is so much bigger than any one of us can ever even encapsulate. In if we could master the English language or the Latin language or whatever. Yeah, and sure, I, sure. And I like the illustration, and I've used this on the podcast a couple of times, but I like the illustration. I think Jesus is kind of like an elephant. You know, the blind man is uh -huh. standing next to the trunk, and he says, oh, God is a big, huge vacuum cleaner. And <laughs> another guy is standing next to the leg, and he's saying, no, Jesus is, Jesus is like a tree. 
Mm. And another guy's yeah. at the tail and said, no, no, you guys have it all wrong. He's a broom. Uh, and, but yeah, you know, that's cool. And they're all right. Yes. And, exactly. and we all have a different perspective. And I just, I, yeah. I relish hearing how other people see Jesus because it, it helps fill in the picture. It makes it a much more beautiful picture. Yeah. Good for you. And, and very, you, you are taking a very ecumenical viewpoint Catholic with lowercase c, mm -hmm. universal. Um, the, there are so many routes to Jesus. And um, as, as a, you know, I will say somewhat new age Catholic, uh, there, there may be other routes to heaven as well. And I, I, I don't sit or stand in judgment of any of that. Yeah. You know, I just believe anybody who's a sincere seeker have at it. Yeah. I encourage you and uh, and I can learn from you if that's if that's who you are. Yeah. So God is good all the time. Amen. You know? Amen. And what's the what was somebody said, you know, we're going to get to heaven and we're going to look around us and say, "Oh, you mean you're here?" And yeah. then and then well, we're going to look around the heaven and say, yeah. "But where is so and so?" <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I I'm going to say to you uh and I say this to the universe I'm not going to be surprised by any of it mm -hmm. because I, I, I don't, I don't view people that way. It's not, it's, it's not that I don't sit in the seat of judgment. Right. I, and, and I don't, our job. you know, I, I don't, I, I just see people and, you know, there's some people I, I think are A S S H O L E S. And you can <laughs> zap that out if you need to. Um, but it's I you know I don't know their hearts right. and uh, it's not it's not for me to say right uh, but I, I think it, because you're not a Catholic I mean I was taught that Catholicism is is the one true church mm. when I was a little kid I do not feel that way any longer mm. yeah um, and I, I I like the fact that I'm a little bit wiser at 68 than I was at 67 etc so you know it, I, I I love Dave your uh, as I describe it, ecumenical viewpoint that getting to God, going to Jesus has m many paths mm -hmm. and, and all are valid and all are welcome in that place. Yeah. And Jesus longs to have that relationship with each of us, however that yeah. looks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we've talked a little bit about uh, kind of your beginnings as a songwriter. We've talked a little bit about um, your, your faith and, but then in, what was it? 98? That you got, you guys started Kaylee Rain, ninety five. Ninety five. Okay, the first record yeah. I saw was ninety eight. So yeah, I guess ninety seven, ninety eight. Yeah, yeah. So talk about what was the uh, inspiration behind that band. It, uh, for those who don't know, Kaylee Rain is an Irish rock band with just some fun, fun songs. Thank you. And uh, I've heard. Well, I've listened to every single one of them. But huh. so talk talk a little bit about yeah. how did Kaylee Rain start? And well, this. Uh, returns to a common subject with me, which is my wife's wisdom. Mm. Um, Linda at one point said uh, she was playing the chieftains around the house, an Irish uh -huh. uh, traditional group, the, the best known of them. And uh, I started to really like it. And she said, well, why don't you combine your newfound love of Celtic music with your rock and roll that you've been doing your whole life. And I said, honey, that's easily the dumbest idea I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it turned out not to be so dumb. 
other than it's dumb in that the, the amalgam we created was unique and special, but in a way that wasn't able to crack through uh, hugely mm. on a commercial level. Because uh, like I'll, I'll say that um, Dan Keene, who was my ASCAP representative in 1995, six, seven, eight, whatever in Nashville, came to our first two showcase gigs at Douglas Corner that we did. And he said, well, Bob, buddy, I love this band, but I think you have to decide, is it a secular band or is it a Christian band? Hmm. Yeah. And I looked him in the eye and I said, Dan, I have decided it's Kaylee Rain, mm. mm-hmm. which, you know, was uh, a, my statement, my macho statement of, you know, uh, like Popeye, I am what I am. <laughs> and also yeah. my death knell, because mm. he wasn't wrong. Mm-hmm. If you're kind of perceived as neither fish nor fowl, uh, the, the music business doesn't know what to do with you. Right. In spite of the fact that I had Christian music uh, executives just about break my hand, shaking it, saying, we want to sign you. Mm-hmm. It, it just, it wasn't meant to be because um, I know you don't want to talk politics and we won't, but I will, I will go this far, Dave. Sure. Um, the, the essence, the essence of Kaylee Rain is more a blue state thing than a red state thing. Mm-hmm. But we like the current president, Joe Biden, um, are here to serve the people who voted for us and the people who didn't. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, we make our music for everybody. Yeah. And uh, we don't tell people from um, church X, don't buy our records because you're not elevated enough to right. suit us or whatever. Right. So, so, you know, there's all sorts of good news, bad news if you're as either bold or stupid you choose <laughs> as as i have been with kaylee rain and it's now uh it'll be 26 years in may yeah that, that we've been a, a a functioning band playing live yeah though though the concept that linda had of putting the group together came in the late 80s okay and i got a solo record deal in 1990 on the Atco label and f- based on the sort of pop rock stuff that I was writing for or with Michael Bolton share kind of stuff. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, so the Kaylee rain notion was set aside as I pursued trying to become the next Rick Springfield or, or Phil Collins or Hall and Oates or whatever, sure. which was not a successful venture. You know, I learned a lot. I spent $183,000 of ADCO's money producing what I still think is a great record, but it was kind of DOA based on some uh, music business politics. Yep. Um, and uh, it just wasn't meant to be. Again, God is in charge. Yeah. All the right, God doesn't do crappy work. Right. All the right stuff happens. And I was supposed to not succeed at that, so I would end up doing other stuff. Yeah. And 
Kaylee Rain is my life's work, you know? Uh, so I do other things. Right now I'm producing a record for my dear friend, Donnie Purnell, who was the leader of the band Kicks. Okay. With whom I wrote, it's, it was a gold single, a song called Don't Close Your Eyes that went to number 11 on the Billboard Hot 100. Wow. It stayed on the charts for half a year, I think, or more. Wow. Um, and got on a KTEL uh, record. You know, it sold millions of records. Yeah. And Donnie is, is now doing a different style of music, kind of miscellaneous singer-songwriter uh, thing. We're the same age, and uh, he and I know each other. Well, we also had a song that we wrote together that ended up in Wayne's World. Oh, fun. And and many other songs that his band Kicks, not yeah. Kiss, whom I also wrote with. Um, but Kicks probably did 10 songs that I wrote with Donnie Purnell. Okay. And because of our relationship, he asked me to produce this record. Fun. Uh, that he's, so uh, if, if you live long enough and you sell 30 million copies of of your work people still reach out and say hey will you write me a jingle yeah i'm the D i'm the dwi lawyer here in town write me a jingle <laughs> and my wife says if you write him a jingle i i i'm out of here oh <laughs> not really but she, she was hesitant about me writing and i'm sorry i'm rambling no here, that's but fine hesitant about me writing a song uh you know a, a jingle for a guy who gets drunk people off for terrible driving and he explained to me well sometimes it's a guy who made one mistake ever mm. and is in deep trouble and really needs a guy like me so on that basis and the basis that he was going to pay me a handsome sum <laughs> that uh, i wrote him a good jingle yeah. anyway next topic yeah. but uh you know we get so many opportunities if, if if we let God bless us, and yeah. I've tried to do that. Well, and that's kind of one of the things that I was taking away from your, you're not Christian music, you're not mainstream, you're Kaylee Rain. Yeah. That opened doors for you to do things, because if you had gone exclusively Christian, that would have closed some doors. Yeah. And if you would have gone exclusively mainstream, that would have closed other doors. But God yeah. put you on a path to where he wants you to be so you can touch the people that he has lined up both now and in the future for you to interact with because of what you're doing with Kaylee Rain. Yeah. yeah. And uh, God is a little bit smarter than I am. Aren't we thankful for that? <laughs> I, I, I won't deign to say he's smarter than Dave Maurer. Oh, well. I, I, you know, I don't know you that well yet. But... I guarantee you he is way smarter. Okay. All right. It is you who say this, <laughs> not I. So, uh, um, yeah, I mean, God is, is the thing. And... Mm -hmm. The more we get that, the more we relax into it, just breathe it and be, be it, um, be in his presence and be pals yeah. and let, let him, you know, uh, write the plan, the, you know, the business plan, you know, I mean, we have to do our part, but um, when, when God plans it, shut up and go to work. Yeah. You know? Well, and, and that work has paid off. I, I want my listeners who have not had a chance to hear Kaylee Rain, go to your favorite streaming platform and stream some of it and then go buy it. Uh, Billboard mm -hmm. magazine, I think they said, this is a band that the whole world should see. So you're not, you're not yeah. a slouch as a band. 
<laughs> Thank you. Uh, for Billboard you. to say something like that. But, uh, <laughs> but again, I think that that points to, as God calls us to do things, we need to do everything we do with excellence because we are ultimately, our audience ultimately is God. And what he wants to do with that then, we'll probably be surprised. Yeah. I'm always surprised. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, um, you, you have to do everything the right way. Slouching is not an option. Right. And uh, as you say, because, and, and being only somewhat creative also, I believe is not an option because hmm. if we buy into the idea, Dave, that we are created in the image and likeness of God, right. which, I, which I do buy into, um, then we are created in the image and likeness of the most creative being there is. Yeah. So the idea that I can't or I won't or I shouldn't or I couldn't or I'm not tall enough or pretty enough or strong enough, you got to put all that stuff away and trust that he's going to give you some cool stuff. Yeah. And uh, I, I taught songwriting at, at Syracuse University for 10 years and, and, and I've done many seminars with it and individual lessons and this and that. And I don't have a, a baseball cap handy, but <laughs> one of the, one of the things that I do is I put the cap on backwards and I say, you know, when we start out, it, we're totally free, loose, crazy kids, you know, yeah. anything goes and you have to allow yourself to do that then you can take the hat off and put it on properly with the, the, the peak protecting you from the sun so mm -hmm. you can see better. And then, then you edit. It's like, you know, some people, like if I do uh, seminars, like Christian music, musician summit kind of things, yeah. you know, there'll be a song submitted for us to, to judge so-called right and um, to, to 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 add input to yeah and they'll say well god done give me this song da 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 and i say well he didn't tell you not to finish it <laughs> and i try i try not to be quite as obnoxious as that but uh, the the point is that writing is rewriting and when we put the the hat on the straight way then we say either boy, this is great, or this is the worst piece of crap yet. Mm -hmm. uh, when you get to the point where you're, you're in a sober place and you can judge, but you don't judge right out of the box because the creativity will not flow then. Mm. You will talk yourself out of... I, I remember uh, I wrote a song called That's All the Lumber You Sent, which has been recorded by various artists, was a big hit for uh, a Christian artist named Eli. Okay, right. And it's and one of one of Kaylee Rain's signature songs. Mm -hmm. And I ran into my friend Felix Cavalieri, who was in the band The Rascals back in the 60s. And uh, uh, I've written with and sung on his records. And and uh, I saw him on 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 the street in Nashville. We were on the way to a, a, an ASCAP pop party. He said, are you still writing? And I said, yeah. And he said, what you, you know, what's the latest thing you're working on? I said a song called that's all the lumber you sent. And he says, that's all the lumber you sent. That's a title. <laughs> and here's the thing, Dave, that I want to bring out that had I been sitting in a room with another hotshot songwriter, especially 
a male hotshot songwriter and said, what about That's All the Lumber You Sent as a title? It would have been shot through the grease in about hmm. a half a second. Hmm. So there's a certain thing that, that God does that working with other people can screw up in a big way. And I, I view songwriting as a very lonely sort of enterprise. And I'm not against collaborating. I've done it to, to good effect many, many times over my, you know, now 53 years as a songwriter. Um, uh, wonderful writers who I learned tremendous amounts from. There was a period in the 80s when I tried to write up. I tried to work mm. with people who I thought knew stuff I didn't know. Right. And I, then I learned some of it. It was great. But ultimately, I want to be just in this place of what do you need from me today? Yeah. And if, if there's uh, Mr. Mr. Fancy Pants in the room with you at that time, that little tender uh, idea might get shot down. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I'm talking a lot here, but it is a podcast. Isn't yeah, it? yeah. Well, you know, I, I heard an interview with you uh, that was talking about your song Jigrish, and, and this was talking about where you get your inspiration. And I, and I love that story. Would you be willing to kind of share how that part of yeah. that inspiration came about for that? Because I think inspiration uh, speaks to how do we put down our creativity that God gave us and into th things. So Yeah. Uh, Kaylee Rain was doing a show in uh, Erie, Pennsylvania at, uh, I forget the name of the the college, I think it's a, a, a Catholic girls college, uh, Marymount, or I, I don't know. But um, either before or after or intermission, there was a family, um, and they came over and spoke to us, maybe just to me, I don't recall, but they, they said, uh, we love your music and our kids love your music equally hmm. and they dance around the house and they say mom and dad this is jiggerous and i took that to mean a combination of we're doing a jig in a vigorous way mm -hmm. and uh, which is kind of redundant because most jigs are done <laughs> vigorously but i i love i love words that aren't words but that you know that communicate something instantly so right away I go, oh, jiggerous. That's that's a song. You know, Katie bar the door. Get, get out of my. Everybody get the heck out of my way so I can write this song. Forget the second half of the concert. We got a song to write. Yeah. So um, then the the thing that coupled with it that made you know because you uh, as you astutely pointed out you write from what you know, mm -hmm. and I think most of the great songs are fiction based in fact. Hmm. Okay, so the fact in my life at the time, and it shows up in the first verse, is that my mother, uh, through a combo of meds that were not playing nice with each other, was temporarily relieved of her sanity. Hmm. And she was talking gibberish. She didn't know who I was or who anybody was. And they put her in a place. And I thought that was the end of it. I thought, it, I thought she had full-on dementia and mm. she was going to be done. Yeah. She did recover. from once, once we figured out 
that she shouldn't have been taking this med and this med. And there was a, a giant cocktail of controlled substances on her pill shelf, you know. So anyway, but while she was in that bed and so confused, I would talk to her and try to cajole her out of it, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that was the inspiration for the first verse. There's no one in the house as quiet as a mouse But eight o'clock they will all be home Mama isn't well She hasn't been herself Forgetting things she's always known But tonight she's gonna dance Tonight she's gonna sing Little mama's gotta shake it She's gotta get you back into the swing Let's get jiggerless, jiggerless, jig down And jump into the swirl and twirl and whirl of life That's all around us Jiggerless, jiggerless, get living dangerous Cause there's only so much more daylight So today you'll have to cheat its way tonight It's just so exciting when you get that light bulb over your head that represents a song idea you know and uh, god bless those people i i don't know who they are or anything but um they probably at some point came to a later show and said hey you wrote something i don't know i <laughs> well, uh, I, I don't recall that well but to the point of your story though if god has given us this spirit of creativity which i agree yeah. with you yeah. And if we're always open to these opportunities, you never know what God's going to present yourself. And like you said, keep your hat on yeah. backwards, soak yeah. it in, be a sponge. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. what comes out of that, God can use to be life-changing for people. Yeah. yeah. It's, isn't, it, isn't it fantastic? Yeah. I mean, we really, you know, uh, you, you have to look at life as a party in, in, in view of what you've just said, that, that, Holy cow, you know, you just never know what's around the corner. And, and you know, I'm a person, I got up late this morning. It was a little bit after six. Normally I'm up by five and uh, I might do 40 minutes on the bike and do curls and do all sorts of stuff because I got to keep my instrument in shape. Right. My, my voice, my brain, everything. I, I read a fair amount because you need words. Um, I love film music. People ask uh, musicians and, and songwriters often, you know, what do you listen to? And I'm going to be honest with you. I'm much more of a producer than a consumer hmm. of music. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't listen. I don't seek music. If I'm in the car, I'll listen to talk radio. Uh, I do put on the Beatles channel and sing along because I do play Paul McCartney I was going to bring that in up. In a Beatlemania yeah. group. And so that's that's kind of a, a way of keeping my voice in shape. I do 15 minutes on the guitar every morning at a quarter to seven. Um, I missed today, but I was doing my vocal exercises at that point because I had gotten up late. Yeah. Um, and uh, I just try to be a disciplined person i try to be ready and as some actors will say the more prepared you are the more spontaneous you can be interesting 
Yeah. You know? Well, I find it interesting, Bob, and you have no idea about this because these podcasts haven't released yet, but the last three, yourself included, podcasts talked about being created in God's image and God is a creator, which means we have creativity built into us. And I think, I don't think it's an accident that, you know, three people in a row are bringing this up. And at this time of, of where we are in life, a lot of people did things in COVID that they haven't done before because, oh my gosh, I've got all this extra time on my hands. Yeah. But again, that's yeah. where that creativity that God has given us yeah. kind of spell, spills out. And like you said, to be prepared so that when that creativity comes, you can do. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, you you have to you have to be uh, functional. It's it's use it or lose it. Mm-hmm. And um, I, you know, I have many things that I do, and it's hard for me to keep up with all of them. Right. It's it's hard for me to be a to be on top of my piano playing, which is my main instrument. Mm-hmm. Uh, my bass playing, which I'm not great at, but I've learned enough. I've done whole Kaylee, Kaylee Rain albums as the bass player. Oh, uh, I, I don't prefer it. You'd I'd rather, rather have a real bass player. Rather, but, I was going to say you'd rather have Rick Kua there. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Heck yeah. Of course. Of course. Always. But yeah, I get uh, it. I hear you. But I, I learned enough, but it's hard to keep up my chops. And as a singer, uh, as, as a producer as a guitar player, um, as a performer, um, there's just, there's so many different areas to cover that sometimes I fall down on the job, but I'm, I'm always, I try to get up early and be working at it mm-hmm. before I hit the coffee. Yeah. I try to put in at least an hour or two of getting myself in condition on all fronts. You know, well, and to your point, I, I think of, you know, NFL season's about to end, but all these uh, athletes, the quarterback, Tom Brady, once the NFL season ends, he doesn't just go into his room and, you know, <laughs> yeah, right. He, he's working out all off season so that when the season comes, he's ready to right. perform exactly. at top, top notch. And so what you're saying is that exact same thing. We may not be producing something right now, but being yeah. prepared, exercising yeah. those muscles, so that when yeah. the time comes, you're ready to go right in and knock it out of the park. Yeah. 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 Dave, I'm finding you more, inter- more interesting than me. So maybe oh. we should reverse <laughs> roles here. I don't know. We, every Saturday, we send out a newsletter and asking folks to pray for different musicians throughout the next week. How can we be specifically praying for you and the work that you're doing in the next week or months ahead? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Pray for, uh, you know, I've had some, what I would consider some pretty serious COVID cabin fever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will honestly say, because, you know, see, when I was a kid, mental illness was, oh, you didn't talk about that. You know, if, if, if you even knew somebody with mental illness, it was, it was like you had to move out of the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. You know, and now it's it's a more commonly accepted and understood and f- forgiven thing. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, for the first time in, in my life, I'm taking some psych meds to keep myself from punching the wall or jumping off a bridge or whatever. And uh, I'm doing better. I, I feel 
calm is is coming and I say my daily rosaries. I'm in a prayerful state 24-7. I talk to God all day long. Um, but just uh, any uh, prayer would be to relieve the stress of worrying about things that I shouldn't even have in my mind. Thanks for sharing your story, Bob. And thanks for being so transparent and thoughtful about sharing your life's story. Have you noticed a theme in the past several podcasts? Several of these recent conversations have had the same theme. We as humans are created in the image of God. And God is a creative God. Therefore, we have been made by God to be creative. What a thought. Now, if you're like me, I think of songwriters, musicians, painters, and poets. Those are the creative people. And since I don't really do any of those things, am I creative? Well, if I believe that I have been made by God to be creative, I guess the answer is a resounding yes. So what does that look like for those of us who aren't gifted in the creative arts? For me, starting this podcast was one way I could use my creativity. Well, what if we looked at things like examining our friendships? Maybe we could find creative ways to encourage each other. Or how about that social or political issue that just won't leave your thoughts? Could there be a creative way for you to be involved in being a solution to help and bring peace? I'm not sure how God is calling you to be creative, but I'm confident that he wants you to use the creativity he has put inside of you. To get started, why not commit to praying about what creativity God wants you to use in your relationships, your job, and your surroundings? In James 1.17 in the Bible, it says, Whatever is a good and perfect gift is coming down to us from God our Father, who created all the lights in the heavens. And I am confident that those good gifts he has given you, and given me, are things he would want us to use and enjoy. So, Let's start by asking the Lord to show us how we can creatively use the good gifts he has given us. As always, thanks for joining me for this conversation today. I am grateful that we get to spend this time together each week hearing stories of God's amazing faithfulness. As a regular listener to this podcast, would you mind taking a few minutes and rating it on your favorite podcast app? Reviews and ratings really help spread the word so that other folks can hear about these great conversations. And if you have comments or questions for me, please feel free to drop me a message on any of the social media platforms. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Patreon by searching for at CCMExchange. Or you can always drop me an email on the website christianmusicarchive.com. I'm really looking forward to our time together next week when I have another great conversation with one of the musicians you'll find on the pages of the Christian Music Archive. So until then, remember this, God loves you. In fact, he's crazy about you. <laughs>